It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 oh. Hello, Dodger fans. Before we get into today's episode, uh, we're going to talk about sex. Let's talk about the, the good old days when you were always ready to go. And now you can get back to those good old days with Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, that's blue, like Dodger Blue can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, anywhere, any place, so you can be ready whenever you need to go. Uh, it's not just for those who can't perform. It's for anybody that wants that extra boost in the bedroom. And right now, you can get a special deal for listeners. If you go to BlueChew.com and hit the promo code special. Oh, hit the special promo code MLB. You'll get your first shipment free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. So that's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB, and try it free. BlueChew's the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Dodgers. Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, and with me is Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, uh, not the best day yesterday, but uh, how are you doing? Uh, that's a terrible question, and I'm mad at you for asking. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you and I both let our moods be affected probably more than we should by how the Dodgers do, especially here in the postseason. I'm pretty good in the regular season of letting losses roll off my back. In the postseason, it's a little bit harder. Uh, and so, yeah, the Dodgers lost to the Nats and now have to go to a game five. And uh, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, we're going to talk about some stuff that happened in game four and, you know, just other decisions that happened so far and just have a general conversation uh, for the first and second half of the show. But before all that, uh, the postseason is sponsored by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. So if you want to go to NLDS Game 5, Vivid Seats app, promo code POSTSEASON, and get that discount. And... As always, remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if it's not Apple then and you have Apple, please do so on there as well. And when you get in your car in the morning, tell your smart device to play a podcast locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So obviously, like I said, the Dodgers lost game four. Uh, the score six to one. They were close until the fifth inning when Julio Urias and Pedro Baez combined to give up some runs. And then later on, uh, another run score. Although it didn't really matter at that point. Max Scherzer went seven innings. The Dodgers threatened a couple times, but weren't able to get that big blow that they needed. Uh, so what do you want to talk about first? Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't want to talk about any of it, but we're kind of contractually obligated to. Um, 
I didn't think Scherzer was that good. I thought they they had a much better shot against him. Uh, you know, Turner Homewood off him. Uh, his only strikeout the first time through the order was Rich Hill. You know, I mean, they were putting the bat on the ball. Uh, Cody put some good swings on it. Seager had a double. You know, it, it seemed like the Dodgers are going to be able to scratch out a couple runs against Scherzer. Ultimately, it didn't happen. Um, but, yeah, you know, basically it came down to that, that inning when Julio and Baez gave it up. Uh, one big swing by Zimmerman with the three-run homer obviously was the backbreaker. Uh, I think without that, the Dodgers, you know, it changes the game. Once you're down by four or five runs, uh, you know, we saw in game seven in 2017 against the Astros, you know, the Dodgers went down five nothing early and never really threatened. And it's, uh, you know, it's easy to say, well, they lost the game in the first inning then because they gave up two runs in the first and never only scored one. But, you know, the game would have been different. And when you're closer, who knows what's, what would have happened. So that home run by that Baez gave up was kind of a backbreaker. And uh, I, I don't know, Baez was a lot better this year at not giving up home runs. He only gave up six home runs the whole regular season. Three of those came in the span of like a week. Uh, the rest of the season, he was really good at suppressing the homers, and and it wasn't even a terrible pitch that everyone hit out, and I'm not happy about that. Yeah, I mean, I watched the replay a few times, and there's that one angle, the side angle, like the, the, the fancy camera angle, I like to call it. I don't know how he hit that out. Like, it literally looked like it went off the top of the bat from that angle. Uh, but, you know, that's just how it goes. Once he hit one later in the game, that was way harder than that one, and it was caught at the wall. Uh, because the wind was blowing in at that time. And it, I don't know if it would have affected Zimmerman's at the time, but the wind was not blowing in at that time. Yeah, Michael uh, Taylor looked surprised to catch Muncie's because he went back to the wall, and then he's like, oh, I got to come back in on this? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously with lost playoff losses, there will be some blame thrown around, and a lot of sometimes that blame lands on Dave Roberts most of the time from a lot of fans, uh, even if the Dodgers players don't perform. Uh, but one point of contention was with the bases loaded in the seventh inning, the pitcher spot due up. Chris Taylor was sent to pinch hit, and he struck out. Had a, I mean, a very, very, very good at bat, but uh, unfortunately, it ended in a strikeout. Jock Peterson came up next and missed clearing the bases by an inch, or maybe even less than an inch, and then he ended up grounding out to end the inning. A lot of people wanted David Freeze in the Chris Taylor spot. Uh, Jeff, did you want David Freeze in the Chris Taylor spot right there? I mean, yeah. If I was managing the team, I would have sent David Freeze up. Uh, but I don't think it's as cut and dry as people are saying, or even as big a deal as people are saying. I, I think people are buying into the the David Freeze postseason magic. And, yeah, David Freeze is a, a very good hitter, and I like what he does at the plate. He also, I mean, he struck out against uh, Corbin the other day, looked terrible. You know, it's not like David Freeze gets a hit every time he's up. And one of my issues with second guessing is it's impossible to prove what would have happened. And so in people's minds, Freeze would have hit a three-run double and instead Taylor struck out. And why would Roberts choose a strikeout over a three-run double? You know, but when Freeze actually did come up against a worse pitcher, he hit a weak ground ball up the middle that ended up being an infield single 
but only maybe because of the weather, I guess. I, I don't know why Dozier didn't make that play. It was, you know, and so uh, if Freeze hits that ground ball up the middle off Scherzer, instead of Taylor's strikeout, we have an inning-ending double play by Freeze. You know, and, and obviously, I'm not saying Freeze would have hit that ball up the middle. I'm saying it's easy to second-guess, but Chris Taylor is not a bad hitter. Uh, I think the thinking might have been Taylor has a better chance of hitting a home run than freeze, you know? And so when you're down by five, a grand slam helps you more than the two run single. Um, and obviously Taylor also has a better chance of striking out and that's what he did. But, you know, I don't know what Robert's thinking was, but I don't think it's obviously the wrong answer, even though I probably would have gone with freeze. Yeah. And that's basically where I'm at. It, would I have liked to see Freeze up there? Yeah, but I don't think the amount of blame Dave Roberts gets is uh, for that decision specifically is pretty pretty wild. I mean, even if David Freeze hits a home run right there, the Dodgers are still down a run, and you know who knows what happens the rest of the way. Obviously, it changes the dynamic of the game, but I don't think I don't. I'm fine with Chris Taylor there. Chris Taylor had a great AB, and he just missed. Uh, you know, he missed it. He missed it. He just missed it, the pitch. And, and uh, I think the other part of it is that David Freeze a little more susceptible to a double play. And yeah. I think Dave Roberts thought about that. That was definitely factored into the decision, especially with bases loaded. I don't know if they necessarily put the shift on uh, and he wouldn't be able to find that hole that he did the night before. Uh, so I think that's also part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Freeze, you know, Taylor doesn't hit many ground balls. And Taylor's faster. And so that's a combination, you know. Uh, Freeze hit into seven double plays this year in 186 plate appearances. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a healthy chunk. So, yeah. yeah, I think that probably was part of it. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll come back in the second half of the show and talk about another decision that uh, some people took issue with. We'll be right back. Uh, hey, Vince, did you know the postseason's coming up? I am aware. Well, Vivid Seats is an online ticket event marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. One thing I've learned is that going to Dodgers postseason games definitely qualifies as an experience that lasts a lifetime. Uh, most notably for me, Game 3 of the World Series last year with my two sons and my dad and my uncle is an experience I and they will never forget. So with Vivid Seats, you can watch your favorite team, and, or musical artist or whatever in person and you earn credit back on all your purchases made through the Vivid Seats app. Uh, they have what's called the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program that you are automatically enrolled in just by using the app. Uh, so Vivid Seats can help you find seats to any of your favorite lo- live events including sports, concerts, theater, theater, and more all through the app. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience and like I said, the loyalty program is awesome. Uh, they have different reward statuses, ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer. So you can earn different amounts of credit on each purchase. Uh, and then you use that to get free tickets eventually. So go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. You are automatically enrolled, like I said, in the rewards loyalty program just by using the app and you will get credits on all your purchases as part of that rewards program. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So if you're going to see the Dodgers in the postseason, use the Vivid Seats app because it's awesome. And be sure to enter promo code postseason at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. 
Oh, hey, Vince. So hey. it's 10.38 p.m. on a Sunday night where I am, and I really, really want some chocodiles. You know chocodiles, right? They're like Twinkies, but covered in chocolate. Yes, I've heard of them. I want some chocodiles, but I don't have any chocodiles here. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live like this? Well, fortunately for you, there is something called Postmates, and Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery, a.k.a. chocodile delivery service all year round. No, I said chocodiles. Nobody's going to deliver me chocodiles. You really think Postmates will deliver, deliver me chocodiles? Well, anything you're craving, which is chocodiles at this moment, yeah. Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, and traditional retailers. Anything you could possibly want or need, they can get it. But it's 1038 on a Sunday night. Well, the good thing about Postmates is that it's 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and whatever you want will get there within the hour. I don't even know where the store is, though. The good part is you don't need to know where the store is, you know? You just, they'll find the store, they'll bring it to you, no more trips, you ain't got to get up, you ain't got to put clothes on, stay in your, in your shorts, and, you know, let them bring it to you. Yeah, let's pretend I have shorts on. Um, <laughs> well, that all sounds really great. Now, if Postmates would just develop an app so I could do it from my phone, we'd be set. Well, once again, you are in luck. The Postmates app is available for iOS or Android for free. You can browse all the restaurants, all the businesses, all the stores that you want, and track your delivery in real time. They're going to pro probably charge me a ton to deliver, though, aren't they? Actually, because you listen to, or because you're part of Lockdown Dodgers, and because you listeners are listening to this show postmates is giving you guys 100 dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days to start those free deliveries you just got to download the app use code lock on and you got 100 bucks of free delivery for a week so anything you need anytime you need it even chocodiles maybe especially chocodiles postmate it download postmates and save with the code locked on all right, we are back, and time to kick it off with the obscure former Dodger of the day. This one, I uh, just thought about, I watched the highlights from the Game 5 NODS win in 2016, and there's a few guys in there that, that could have matched today, but uh, the one I'm choosing is Chooch, Carlos Ruiz, who was a catcher who had the go-ahead single in that NODS Game 5. Came over from the Phillies that year for A.J. Ellis, kind of ending the Ellis-Kershaw friendship era. Uh, and yeah, Ruiz, uh, they showed highlights, I believe, during Game 3 or after Game 3 or before Game 3. Sometime on the TV they showed highlights from uh, the Phillies beating the Dodgers back in 20, 2008 or 2009. And Carlos Ruiz was on those teams and getting big hits there. And he came and did it for the Dodgers. He thought that that might be, you know, when they kept getting old Phillies players, he thought, okay, this might be the, the thing to reverse the curse. Uh, but it didn't happen. But uh, Carlos Ruiz, you know, had that nice little half-season-in moment for the Dodgers in the NLDS. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to forget that he did anything for the Dodgers. Um, but he did have that that big hit in Game 5. Um and he had a two-run homer in game three, too, which the Dodgers lost that game, so it gets forgotten. But, uh, yeah, Carlos Ruiz, uh, kind of a bittersweet name in Dodger history, probably, yeah. um, because not everybody is as heartless as you and 
Some of us were sad that AJ Ellis got traded. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that's a discussion for another day. Yes, it is. But, <laughs> but uh, okay. So another point of contention, like I mentioned, uh, that was had from Dodgers fans on on Twitter.com was Dave Roberts' decision to pull Kenta Maeda after an inning of a third in relief where he was seemingly cruising. Uh, he was lifted for a pinch hitter in the inning, and then that's in the f- top of the fifth, and that's when Julio and Baez imploded in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Jeff, did you have any issue with that decision? Uh, no, and I think it's ridiculous, basically. Uh, I have a hard time understanding how anybody would have issue with it. Like, Kenta was throwing for the second day in a row. I know he only threw five pitches the day before, but the number of pitches he threw in the game is only part of the equation because you have warming up at the bullpen. You have warming up, you know, on the mound. And you just have the fact that you pitched in a game. There's some wear, you know. And so Kenta only threw back-to-back days one time this year. Uh, And that was just, you know, a, a week and a half ago. And on that second day... You know, the first day he threw one inning, 13 pitches. Second day he threw two-thirds of an inning, 10 pitches. Um, Like, Kenta is not stretched out, or whatever the opposite of stretched out is, I guess, to to be the kind of guy who can really go for you every day. And so uh, he came in and got the last out of the third inning, and then he pitched the fourth inning, and then his spot in the lineup came up. And it was... Literally the easiest decision Dave Roberts had to make all day to pinch it for Kenta there. He's not, he, you know, Kenta would not have done well in the fifth inning most likely because he'd be in a situation he's never been in before. Uh, it would have been silly to let him hit for himself in a tie game. Uh, you know, you can quibble about who they brought in instead. Julio, who had just pitched the day before when you maybe had arrested Dustin May or Pedro Baez, although obviously Baez wasn't the answer either. You could quibble with who they pinch hit for him with, uh, because with AJ Pollock right now, you kind of have to put the hitter part of pinch hitter in quotation marks. Uh, So there's things you can quibble with, but the act of taking Kenta out of the game was undeniably and inarguably the right call. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I disagree with you there is that, I don't know. I think Maida would have been okay. I don't know if he would have been great. I don't know if he would have been as bad as Baez and Udias. But 100%, there's no way the Dodgers like Kenta Maeda bat there. And Dave Roberts doesn't get destroyed for that as well. Uh, you know, you, you just see the fans. Why are they letting Maeda hit for himself? Especially if he did give up two runs. You know, yeah. even if he did better than Julio yeah. and Baez did, we wouldn't know because you can't prove a negative. You know, you can't prove what would have happened. Yeah. So if Kenta hits for himself and then gives up two runs and takes the loss, like Roberts would be getting eviscerated right now for that. Yeah. And the fact is, bullpen Kenta is good because he pitches in short bursts. Bullpen Kenta could come in knowing, I only have to throw 20 or 25 pitches. And so, you know, you can't really say, oh, we're going to go three innings with Kenta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, obviously, hindsight's always 20-20. You know, if A.J. Pollock somehow starts to rally, uh, this would probably never get talked about. If Julio and Baez do their job, this would never get talked about. But the fact that it didn't work out is why it gets talked about. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of blame being placed on Dave Roberts a lot of the times when even though Julio's, you know, back-to-back, but he still didn't get the job done. 
Pedro Baez didn't get the job done. You know, the players can get blamed as well. Uh, people are quick to, you know, we've been quick to blame AJ Pollock, but sometimes you got to blame the, the players as well when they come in and don't do their job. Yeah, players got to play. I, yeah. I, I think managers deserve very little credit and very little blame. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now a bigger issue that some had or that I heard and saw was with the fourth starter. Um, obviously, we all love the story of Rich Hill. Rich Hill has a, a, a nice little fan base on Twitter, but obviously things didn't go the right way, so people are going to complain. Why didn't they have a fourth starter that was more stretched out? Uh, it goes not only to blame the current roster for the NLDS, uh, but also the greater scheme with Andrew Friedman and not getting another starter for the postseason or for you know the fourth starter, whatever you want to say. Um, you know, A lot of it seems motion-based based on what happened at the end of the day if you said rich hill and kenta maeda were going to combine for four scoreless innings i think you take that and you move on with the rest of the bullpen relatively fresh and it didn't work out so now we're going to talk about this part of it yeah i i don't know I, the the one thing that was a little weird to me was we kind of had the idea of ross stripling being the piggyback starter and you know and that got blown up a little bit when when Hill couldn't get out of the third inning because at that point, uh, you know, Roberts, you don't want to go to stripling in that situation when you're expecting him to throw a few innings, you kind of want him to start with a clean inning. And so you go to Kenta there and then it's like, well, we might as well have him pitch the fourth too. Um, but then after that, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't just go with stripling, uh, to start the fifth and let him go two or three innings. Honestly, you know, the, the game plan was to hopefully get four innings from Hill, but I think they probably knew three innings was realistically a possibility. And if you could got three from Hill and two or three from Stripling, I think personally I'd be fine with that. Uh, you know, obviously the bullpen didn't perform uh, in this game, and, you know, part of the bullpen struggled a little bit in the previous game. But overall, I mean, I trust the bullpen to get four innings when they need to. I wouldn't want them to have to do that every every game. But I don't have too much of an issue with uh, a piggyback-type start. Uh, I, I think the big issue is that Rich Hill ran out of gas earlier than they expected. And and then, yeah, the, the wheels came off a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, Rich Hill was one strike away from throwing three scoreless innings. And, you know, Still probably getting some of these questions, but probably not the same amount of questions as before, as, you know, as of what happened. But, yeah, I mean, we could sit here and say, oh, they should have had a guy that can throw, stretched out to throw six innings, but he might not be as good as Rich Hill, or he might not be uh, as equipped for postseason pitching as Rich Hill, and probably doesn't even go six innings. I mean, realistically... You know, a lot of the time starters don't even go six innings. So it's hard to say that that would have helped. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys with good stuff and good arms, Desime, but Desime was kind of set to relieve the last month. He's not stretched out. Uh, you know, Ross Stripling can do the same thing as, as Rich Hill, 384 innings at the most. Even Gonsolin was kind of a mixed bag the last month, not throwing too long. So they don't really have anybody stretched out for that spot. And whether if you have an issue with that as a whole, and as roster construction, uh, that might be fair. That might be, you know, correct. But uh, if you look at what some of these other teams are doing with game four, and obviously, it, you know, the, you don't want to do that. But 
you know, the Dodgers could be off a lot worse with what's happening in Game 4, what they had planned for Game 4. I mean, even the Astros are bringing back Justin Verlander on short rest to pitch in their Game 4. So, uh, you know, not a lot of people – there's a lot of teams that aren't comfortable with the Game 4 starter. And, obviously, you know, it didn't work out for the Dodgers this time. But I don't know if that stops them from doing it again if they advance. Yeah, and, you know, theoretically maybe Hill is – more stretched out if they make it to the NLCS, you know. I mean, in the past, they've usually ended up going back to Kershaw on short rest because they didn't trust their fourth starter at all. So, I mean, in a way, Rich Hill is a step up. At least they have somebody, you know. Um, I guess you could have gone with Bueller on short rest here. It's hard to know. Bueller has never pitched on short rest in his career, you know. So it's hard to know if that would have gone any better. I, I don't know. It's, it is what it is, and it's hard to... I think fourth starters in the postseason is more of a every team has this issue thing than anything else. And, yeah, they could have gone with Gonsolin or something. But, I mean, Hill, not to say he deserves to start. Obviously, they got to do what's best for the team. But there was every reason to believe that he could have given them three or four good solid innings, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and basically, he almost gave them three solid innings. Three innings, one run, you know. If the Dodgers had been able to hit Scherzer a little bit better, that would have been okay, you know? Yeah, and, you know, his stuff was there. It's just the command was a little off and it got to him. Uh, but regardless of all that, the Dodgers still have to play and still have to win one more game, and they'll be sending out uh, theoretically their best starter to face uh, probably the Nationals' best starter in terms of stuff. So game five will be coming up on Wednesday. They will have an off day tomorrow to travel back, or they're probably traveling back already back home by now but uh, we'll get into all the game five on tomorrow's episode jeff you got anything else uh before we go on? no i uh I, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about the the what's going to happen in game five uh which is good because we'll be back tomorrow to talk about it yeah so thank you for listening to locked on dodgers like i said we'll be back tomorrow with some game five pre-game analysis uh, you can subscribe to the show, Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts, Himalaya, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use. Uh, if you don't use Apple and you want to subscribe on there as well, that we would greatly appreciate that. If you like the show, then you have to show us. Subscribe, as I said. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell all the other Dodger fans in your life about this podcast, uh, especially right now with playoff time up. You know, they might want some extra Dodger. They, they can't get enough of their Dodgers. And make sure to rate and review us in your favorite podcast app or and or iTunes. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnDodgers. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at SnideDog. You can follow me at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 323-863-LOCK. That's 323-863-LOCK. You can also shoot us a text there. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I say D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.
members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.